Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com Welcome back to the Palin Finn Podcast Network. We're brought to you by... Yakgadget, for all your fine quality kayak fishing accessories. Go to yakgadget.com. Pelican cases, coolers, and lighters. Go to pelican.com. And the 153 Bait Company, for all your hard and soft bait needs. Go to the 153angler.com. So join with me as together we dive into the tips and techniques that will help make us better anglers out on the water. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Bass Fishing for Noobs here on the Paddle and Fin Podcast. I am your host, Sean Lavery, and uh, tonight we have uh, the return of the queen. I'd like to welcome back Susie Q, Susie Roloff, the outdoor woman, back to the Paddle and Fin Noobs show. Welcome back, Susie. Thanks for having me, Sean. Welcome, everybody. Always a pleasure. So it's been a hot minute since you've been on the new show. Um, so I wanted to take a moment and uh, catch up with you and see, you know, what's new in the world of Susie. Yeah, it, it definitely has been a minute. I'm trying to think of the last time I was on the noob show. Uh, but uh, yeah, it has been a hot second. But, uh, you know, there hasn't been really a whole lot going on in the world of Susie lately as far as like fishing wise goes. Um, everything uh, and around me, you know, Banner Marsh and Spring Lake, which are my closest lakes, uh, closed off to uh, fishing for um, waterfowl season. So um, yeah, my last day out on Banner was, gosh, was it like a month ago now? Something like that? Yeah, it's kind of depressing. Uh, yeah, it was like the 17th of uh, October was my last day on there. And uh, it was actually a really good day. Um, I did, I was able to capture some, uh, pretty good footage of my last day on there, um, with, uh, some of the baits that we're actually going to be talking about today. Um, but, uh, yeah, other than that, um, as far as what I've been up to, um, not a whole lot working on some house projects, um, hopefully getting my she shed going a little bit this winter too. Um, that's been, uh, a little bit of a, uh, a drag this year is not having that all set up, uh, hence why I'm in the basement again. Um, but uh, my goal is to eventually get my uh, studio and work area and everything set up out there. So a uh, couple winter projects, you know, uh, working with that. And then um, definitely going to be cleaning up my gear here soon. I haven't made the move of anything yet because I'm still kind of in that transition phase of 
am I just going to keep it where it is now or am I actually going to be able to move it into type of thing? So, um, but uh, yeah, things haven't been, uh, you know, too lively. Um, so yeah, just been kind of chilling and thinking about next year too. So does your, your season ever open up back again or once you, it closes for waterfowl, you're done? Yeah, pretty much. Um, sometimes I'll go to um, Argyle Lake, which is in Colchester, Illinois, uh, the third weekend in October for trout fishing. Um, but I didn't this year just with some uh, other plans and time constraints and whatnot. Um, I haven't been there in a couple of years, um, just, you know, with you know, tournament schedules and other things going on. But usually when it comes to like kayak fishing, I usually do kind of end my season around that time, just because if I do want to go anywhere, it's probably over an hour drive just to go somewhere that is open and that does have uh, decently good fishing. So. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, that's kind of sad, but uh, I, I mean, it allows you to start organizing things and uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, start thinking about, you know, next year and all that stuff. I, I kind of, my, I don't put my kayak up until I absolutely have to. Um, <laughs> and, uh, with, with, uh, using my dry suit, I still, I think I still have a little bit of ways to go. I'm oh, hoping nice. Fish a few more times, uh, at least before I, you know, put the, put the kayak up to the rafters and, you know, get my snowblower a little ready to uh, <laughs> see some action. So, right. <laughs> So cool. Well, um, I know uh, you mentioned your last trip out. You uh, you got to use some of the the baits. I think we're going to cover tonight. Uh, but I you, you kind of gave me a list of what you think uh, you know really well, and I know there's definitely some that um, one thing I haven't talked about, and one thing I've talked about a bunch because it's one of my favorite things to throw. Uh, but so we'll start off with the one that I don't know much about. Um, I had to even ask Susie before the show if what I thought was. Uh, that uh, Laura was right, and uh, she told me that I did. So I do have a few of them. I've never really used them, but uh, we're going to start off with swim jigs. That's right. So a swim jig, what technically qualifies like as a swim jig? So you think of a jig, you know, with a hook on it, and it's got a head to it you know, and you just swim it. So hence, you know, the name swim jig. So you make uh, it sound so simple. <laughs> it does. You know, you don't have to be very complicated with it. You know, um, some of them come, you know, with skirts. Some of them just come uh, without a skirt that you can swim just as like a swim bait type thing. Um, and that's kind of like a loose term that a lot of people will use. They'll be like, you know, I caught it on a swim bait or a swim jig. Sometimes those terms do get used for the same thing, um, whether it is actually a swim jig or like a swim bait. Um, so, but specifically for this topic, we are doing the swim jig. So it is the, the weighted head with the skirt, and then it's got the, uh, the trailer on the back of it as well. So when it comes to uh, presenting the swim bait, there's uh, two different ways um, that I usually rig it up. And the first way is uh, shown here. So I've got like just a rage tail on the back of this one. And this is just like the regular um, uh, four inch one, I believe it is. 
this is like the green pumpkin purple color or green pumpkin with like the purple flake. And then um, the brand of swim jigs that I actually use is um, I have a guy up in Rockford, Tim Hamilton with uh, Bassett Bates. And uh, he'll make me any color under the rainbow uh, when it comes to these. He has like hundreds of different skirt materials. He can paint the heads any color. Um, I had him make me some of these uh, for, uh, you know, springtime fishing because that, uh, that fire crawl red is usually pretty good. And then uh, this one right here too, I had him custom make for me. It's kind of like a like a darker bluegill color. Uh, okay. It's got like a black head and then the skirt's kind of, uh, it's mostly green pumpkin, but there is a little bit of blue in there. That's usually my uh, specialty that I like to use. That and looks then, pretty uh, sweet. Yeah. And then, um, of course, I also have him make me, oh, where are they all at? Here we go. I usually have about four or five just like regular white ones as well because, you know, trying to match that hatch with the shad color and then uh, bluegill colors as well. So, um, but yeah, so yeah, the main way that I usually rig them up is with either a rage tail or uh, usually this one works pretty good for me in the spring because I'm swimming it a little bit slower is uh, I'll have a, uh, like a paddle tail bait. So this is a, um, a Kitek uh, tail on the back of this one. And uh, you can kind of get creative with the size of Kitex that you use on these. This one's, you know, a pretty, a bigger profile. You can go a little bit smaller. You can even go a little bit bigger. Just kind of depends on, um, you know, your preference, how fast you're actually uh, going to be retrieving it. And also like the weight that you're using on it as well. With a lighter head, you'll want to go with like a smaller body uh uh, trailer on there and then with the bigger heads you know you can usually uh, go pretty big with those as well now as far as uh, the technique and where you fish these um, a lot of times uh, especially starting off in the spring uh, I'll start off with the white color or sometimes the uh, fire tiger orange color and uh, I'll fish those around uh, like stumps. Uh, if there's any um, dead weed clumps that I can see in the water, I'll just fish them around there. And usually I'll be either close up to shore or just kind of, you know, slowly retrieving it. Not like hovering off the bottom, but, you know, have a pretty good gentle retrieve. <clears throat> and, um, you know, usually that will do the trick. And I apologize if I sound weird. I've been fighting a head cold for a week mm. as well, too. So <laughs> that's been a lot of fun. Um, but and what, uh, what 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 makes you choose between the uh, like the rage crawl or the over the Kitek? Like when do you 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 said uh, it really depends on your the rate of retrieve that you're going to do. So would you say in the spring you're more often leaning one way or the other or what dictates? Yeah, in the springtime, I usually lean more towards the uh, the paddle tail just because since I'm going a little bit slower, that tail will kind of have enough a little bit of an action back there to where I don't really have to retrieve it fast to produce a lot of action. Um, with the rage tail, it's kind of the same thing too. It just kind of varies on, you know, kind of my mood too. Um, and, but in the springtime, why this one works a little bit more than the rage tail, I think it's just like the presentation and the action. Um, you know, in the spring, the fish are, you know, 
bulking up for the spawn. Um, they're hungry. They're ready to eat. And I haven't really, um, you know, dove like too deep into this, um, which, you know, this coming spring, I'm definitely going to uh, try out some different things with that as well. But um, I have noticed, though, in the past when I do fish in the spring, that the paddle tails usually do work a little bit better because you're mimicking that shad bite. Um, and sometimes depending on what lake you fish at as well, um, the bluegill may not be as, um, oh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you know, they haven't really spawned yet, so they may not even be, you know, a primary food source at that time yet either. But, uh, yeah, usually the shad spawn, uh, is what I'm trying to mimic at that time. Gotcha. Um, let's see here. Um. But yeah, um, so, you know, you can fish these a lot like a, um, kind of like a jackhammer. So like, you know, you're fishing grass, weed lines, uh, structure, that type of thing. If, you know, you've got wind and you're throwing a jackhammer and they just aren't having any of it, sometimes switching to a swim jig because it's silent um, will do the trick. Um, I do have a video that I took of my last, my last day out at Banner, um, using, uh, this color swim jig right here. And, you know, I probably spent a good two hours throwing, uh, buzz baits and, uh, jackhammer because the wind was booking pretty good. It was maybe like 12 or so. And, okay. uh, you know, I was like, oh man, the jackhammer bite's probably going to be fire, but it wasn't, you know? And I was like, okay, well, this is kind of interesting. And then as soon as I tied on the swim jig, it was just boom. It was lights on for that. Um, so let me see here if I can show you guys. And if you guys will be able to hear it as well. So this is me out at Banner Marsh. So uh, if you're watching this, um, you'll be able to see. But uh, if you're just listening, off to my right, there is a shallow area with some lily pads. And there's a wind that would keep kind of blowing me in there, but straight off, um, there's kind of like a long channel and it drops down to about 20 foot and probably about five foot in front of me is where it starts to kind of taper down. So about five or six feet in front of me is probably where it will drop down to about six or seven feet. So there's a good pocket kind of right in this area here, if you're watching, um, that kind of has like a little deeper area to it that I'm focusing on because of the weed lines that will grow beneath the surface here. So let's see here if I can get this to work. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. So I'm casting right into the lily pads and working my way out. Boom. Nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. 
see here swallowed that swim bait first you know i was kind of excited too i was like swallowed that swim bait and i was just like well it was a swim jig that had a swim bait on it (laughs) you know so you know i can understand where some of the confusion lies in that as well Well, apologize for the heat of the moment yeah yeah, right it was just like it was a swim bait oh yeah it was a swim jig yeah Now I noticed um, when you first when you cast, you were doing uh, like a, a pump on that, or is that just part of that? Where that's how you work it? You know, you retrieve kind of steady and so, then pump every now and then. Or? Yeah, that's actually a good observation. So where I was casting was uh, a lot of uh, submerged uh, lily pads and stuff. So it, when I would pump it, it's because I would either get hung up on something. Okay. Um, so most of the time when I'm swimming, uh, sw- when I'm retrieving the swim jigs. I'll cast it out there and depending on the time of year, um, water temperature and whatnot, and like depth that I'm trying to aim for will depend on how long I let it fall or how quick I am to retrieve it. So with this one, I would usually cast it out and then let it sink for maybe like a second or two and then start a good steady retrieve. Um, And again, you know, it's a lot of uh, trial and error figuring out where that sweet spot is, um, especially in some of these places like Banner Marsh, because, you know, it's a strip mine and you've got all these different areas that have different depths and everything. So when you're working uh, from a deeper point going up to shallow, I usually like to visually look for where these weed lines are and I'll either choose to fish kind of right on top of them or I'll go right next to them. And when I go next to them, I usually let it sink for about maybe four or five seconds, and then I'll start my good steady retrieve. And again, you know, it just depends where the fish are sitting that time of day too. I gotcha. So you're either, uh, if you're, you're either skimming the top of the grass or you're Mm -hmm. just running along the edge, Mm -hmm. uh, trying to get an ambush strike there. Mm -hmm. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. And sometimes when I'm running deeper, if I feel myself getting kind of hung up a little bit, um, and you do this with the jackhammer too, is as you're coming through grass and you feel yourself getting caught up on it, you know, you'll kind of do a little bit of like a jerk. And sometimes that'll also cause that initial uh, ambush strike as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I've heard, you know, obviously they say jackhammers are really uh, good for grass, but, and, Mm -hmm. and, I don't know if it's just the type of grass that I tend to tend to fish on the river, the the celery or whatever I forget what <laughs> kind they call it, but it it seems to stick on everything. So mm-hmm. um, if if I'm fishing and I'm usually like you said, either I'm not trying to I'm not trying to get in it and rip it out of it because it almost never comes back clean for me. But <laughs> I'm I'm usually trying to just coast over top of it, or like you said, just uh, parallel it and run it right along. Mm-hmm. The, the edge where you know so something will come out and hammer it because i just have no luck ripping it through because i never get it back clean for some reason yeah yeah you know and i've i've had very similar experience as well um i've never really like gone down the deep rabbit hole when it comes to that like specific technique with running the jackhammer just because usually 
when I catch fish on it, it's usually because I'm doing the same thing what I'm doing with swim jigs. You know, I'm running either across the top of grass or, you know, along the edge of it. And whether that be, you know, kind of higher up in the water along the edge or deeper down um, type of thing. You know, sometimes on a cloudy day, I'll run it a little bit shallower because those fish are coming out. And then a bright sunny day, I'll let it sink down deeper because usually they'll be hunkered down deeper. Uh, deeper. So. Right. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like uh, that technique almost suits me better because I tend there, there are some, you know, finesse text techniques that I, I do go slow, but, um, I also like, you know, covering water with a crankbait or something. And I feel mm-hmm. like this is the cover water version of the j- regular jig, you know, you can oh, keep yeah. it moving and, and actually not have to just sit there and drag it and pop. It. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they always say, if you're fishing, you think you're fishing a jig too slow, slow down, but <laughs> Right. And that, that drives me nuts. So if I have something <laughs> that I can just keep moving, I feel like that would be ideal, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when, when you're, you are fishing deep, are you trying to like hit the bottom every now and then? Or are you just trying to keep it above the bottom, just right off the bottom? Um, Usually the deepest that I'll, sw- that I comfortably and uh, confidently swim, swim jigs is uh, my deepest point is probably like, you know, eight foot, but even then, you know, that's kind of pushing it. I usually keep it, you know, higher than that just because of the lakes where I'm at. That sweet spot seems to be anywhere between that two and six foot range. Gotcha. Um, You know, unless, you know, if I'm out there early spring, you know, and things are still pretty cold, then I might try something a little bit different, but that's, that's kind of outside my comfort zone and my knowledge zone, you know. But, um, so not really a deep water bait, but, but, uh, yeah, gotcha. You, and you definitely could too, you know, I mean, you can, you can get really, um, experimental with these as well. You know, um, you could take the skirt off of them and just make them like a a single swim bait type thing. And then just kind of slowly cruise them over the bottom in, uh, you know, early, mid and late winter um, and, you know, try to mimic um, kind of like a dead and dying fish and just slowly taking it off the bottom, um, you know, and for that, you know, you could keep it with just the little tail. But I know in the winter time, the the paddle tail usually um, will be just enough to uh, to what they're wanting. Gotcha. And then. Um... Like how often do you throw regular swim beats just like on a weighted weighted like jig head, you know, versus the one with the skirt? What when mm-hmm. do you change that up? Like how do you know which those um at least in my uh my local area? So like if I'm having a tough time either um, you know, there's just thick weeds everywhere and I'm getting hung up on everything, then most of the time that's when I will switch over to the, uh, uh, to the weedless swim bait here. And I've got, uh, I've got a setup here, uh, just to kind of give you guys a little bit of an idea what we're talking about here. So this is a unweighted version. Um, so we've got a hook here and it's got a spring lock to it. And then what we can do is you'll just take your swim bait. And again, you know, you can use a Kytec, you can use um, Straight King, you know, whatever brand you want. Get it on the screw lock there. And then feed your hook up through. Oh, this one's 
popping out on me already. And so then this would be a weedless version of a swim bait. So you've got your hook uh, tucked up under there. Um, so that way, when you're cruising through stuff, you're not getting snagged up on it. And you're likely to get some more bites with that. Uh, a technique that works really good for me, especially when I'm out at Banner, is... Um, when it comes to like fishing lily pads and heavy matted areas, like I'll look for like kind of holes and open spots and I'll just kind of flip either my uh, weedless swim bait or sometimes I'll even do a really lightly, a light weighted uh, swim jig and just pitch it in there and then let it sink down and then I'll kind of pull it up just a little bit and sometimes on that fall is when I'll get them as well. So, and it, it keeps it a lot more cleaner as well when you use the uh, the weedless versions as well. So it just kind of varies, you know, if you're out there and you're trying the same technique with the same retrieve and it's just not working, um, you know, change it up. You know, if you're using a jackhammer and they're just not wanting it, go to something silent like the swim jig. Uh, maybe that's what you, what they want at that time. Gotcha. Gotcha. So the, with the swim bait, when you're, when you're throwing that, it's usually because that it's, it's a little more thicker, or, you know, not quite as uh, weedless as, you know, or that where uh, the swim jig might be picking up a little more stuff than mm -hmm. you really want. Okay. Gotcha. How about uh, like heavy cover? I had imagined, like, I know some of the, the one swim jig I have has uh, a pretty good brush guard mm -hmm. on it. So um, I imagine that's halfway decent around um, heavier cover. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But, yeah. but the one other one I have doesn't have any, but it does have a screw lock built in there that I think you could probably rig it somewhat weed this. This actually has a screw lock in the middle of the skirt. It's kind of hard to see, but in the middle of the skirt there is a screw mm -hmm. lock there. <laughs> yep. So yeah, there's there's different different um uh, keepers on some of these you know it just depends on you know brands and stuff like that like this one is kind of similar to like a jackhammer where it's got like the reverse hook uh up on the upper part of the hook where and then some other ones like the one you were saying might have like the the screw lock type head um type of thing so um and then the weed guard you know is just simply simply that it's just helped to kind of deter what I like to say, you know, is um, it helps deterring like more solid objects than it is weeds. I mean, your your thicker pads and stuff like that, it does a pretty decent job. But like, you know, with the, the grass and the moss and stuff like that, I mean, you're going to get that everywhere on that thing. Right. Um, whereas, you know, if you're going through like a brush pile, you're more like more likely to uh, fend off um stuff with uh with your weed guards on there so don't but be afraid to throw that kind into the kind of heavy stuff mm -mm. nope though heavy like uh, i should say heavy like structure like branches and stuff whereas grass maybe not so much or weeded mats yeah that's probably not gonna you come could you deep. definitely could you know again it's just you know on you know your kind of skill level your comfort level your confidence level um, you know, have your brush and stuff like that. You're not really going to want to rip it too much in there because you are going to be a little bit more likely to get hung up in those situations. 
Um, but usually, you know, if I am fishing those types of areas, you know, I'll kind of do a little bit slower of, re of retrieve. And when I feel the the bait hitting the wood and stuff like that, I'll kind of slow down a little bit. So that way, if I do uh, start to get hung up, if I let just enough slack go, then I'll be able to free it a little bit easier. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's good advice. Yeah. That, that's still something I'm still learning is to avoid the, the crazy snags by, you know, I have a tendency of when I start to feel it, I pull harder. And say, right, because you think you, it's a fish, you're like, oh, and then you're like, God oh, dang it. And you need to actually fight that urge, I guess, a little bit until you learn what it feels like. Um, but yeah. Okay. Um, and and um, I'm, I saw baitcaster for sure is what you're throwing it on. Uh, oh, yeah. Kind of um, rod, like, uh, and... and uh, but real speed and that kind of stuff? Yeah. So um, with my swim baits, I generally throw those on a uh, seven foot uh, medium to medium heavy, uh, mainly because of the heavy, because um, as you guys saw, you know, I'm throwing it into, you know, lily pads and stuff like that. Uh, and sometimes thicker vegetation, depending on the time of year as well. Um, you know, if I'm kind of more open water, just doing the weeds, then I'll just do like a regular medium. Um, but you know, well, a lot of times when I'm at banner, I'm just like, I'm not even gonna, you know, <laughs> risk it. You know, I want to be able to horse them out of there if, uh, they decide to take off into the weeds and stuff. Um, I usually use a, um, seven, three ratio bait caster, um, and with those, usually I can get away with uh, with about 12 pound um, fluorocarbon. But, um, you know, I've even fished with uh, with braid on them before, too, because, again, you know, you've got crazy weeds, crazy lily pads um, and stumps and everything everywhere. I don't I don't like to mess around at Banner sometimes. I'm just like, I just go big or go home. <laughs> so. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I was, I don't have a lot of uh, grass in the lakes I fish regularly. Now the river is another story. There's a lot of grass in the river, but um, when I fish the lakes, that's one thing, you know, I don't have a lot of experience with is lily pads and, and grass and stuff. Cause my, my lake is a reservoir, so it's mostly rock. And um, uh, there's a few places that I have gone that are like that. And I really struggle because I'm not used to it at all. Mm -hmm. And I, um, I just need to change my game plan for that. I think a little bit. And, you know, like you said, beef it up and, and learn how to, you know, get stuff through that. Cause I kind of, when I see it, I kind of shy away from it just because <laughs> it's not my comfort zone, but uh, I'm sure that's where a lot of the fish in those kind of lakes are, you know, holding in that kind of stuff. So. Right. Well, like I'm, I'm the opposite too, you know, when it comes to like deep, clear, rocky reservoirs, like they're foreign territory to me because <laughs> like, that is not what I have around me at all. You know, like if I go somewhere and there's like no weeds or like barely any structure, I'm like, oh God, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, definitely need to uh, get more experience with that. Uh, trouble is, you know, is uh, traveling quite the uh, the distance to get to those types of lakes. So yeah, yeah, no, that's I face those same challenges for me to get to my grass slash lily pad lake. It's it's, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. Whereas I have the nice rocky reservoir 15 minutes away. So I'm oh, always nice. like, eh, I don't want to drive too far. But. <laughs> and then the river kind of has the best of both worlds for me because it's, mm -hmm. it's shallow. The Like the deepest part around me, you know, gets, you know, 20 feet. But mm -hmm. um, for the most part, it's shallow and rocky. But there's also 
you know, flats of grass too that, you know, nice. so I, I can't, I have been slowly learning there. I've kind of been perfecting my grass game there um, nice. rather than go to the lake, but that's an, it, throw current into the mix and it, it, it's still a completely different kind of thing than that grassy lake near me because there's no current there. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so that is the swing jig. I'm definitely going to have to try that out. Like I said, because uh, covering water while also, you know, doing the jig thing seems like, you know, something I definitely want to check out, you know, maybe, uh, you know, work my way through the grass a little easier and yeah. not, not get so uh, frustrated by that. <laughs> it, yeah, it is definitely a, um, a uh, tool that you can use for power fishing. Like if you're wanting to cover a lot of water really quickly, I mean, swim jig is definitely a great way to do that. You know, especially if you're fishing grasses, weed edges, that type of thing. Perfect bait for that. Nice. Nice. All right. And the other bait we we're going to talk about, if um, anybody's listened to the show for any length of time knows uh, the bait I kind of got started with was the Senko or the stick bait. Yes. And, you know, on my local lake where I got started and had the most success was a wacky rated weighted Senko. And um, it is what I threw for like the first year almost exclusively because it was the only thing I had confidence in, but it also worked. So um, and you can you can rig them a lot of different ways. There's they're, they're very versatile bait. Um so I don't know what's your favorite way to rig your Senkos or what, what, what are you mostly fishing? With? My, you know, it's kind of a close tie between wacky and Texas rigged, you know, cause just like there are days where the fish want the wacky rigged. And then there are days where they want the Texas rigged. And, you know, I, I think it's like a, a dead even 50-50 between the two, you know. And I mean, I, I can't complain about either one because both both ways are simply versatile. Um, so, I mean, I don't know if one really stands above higher. Well, okay, yeah, I will take that back. The, the, the higher used one would probably be the wacky rig because I can skip that a lot easier sometimes in the Texas rig. Like if I have weight on the Texas rig, yeah, I'm not going to be able to skip it as good, but uh, yeah, doing the, uh, the wacky rigged skipping it under docks and stuff. Oh yeah, for sure. That's one thing I, I, I hear people talk about docks a ton and, and the lakes by me being privately owned reservoirs, there's no docks. There's like one dock oh. on the lake I fish. So um, I went to a lake last year over, or for the, over the summer uh, on a family vacation and they had a ton of the floating kind of barrel kind of docks. Oh, yeah. uh, well, it wasn't quite the same as the, uh, you know, the good old post docks that you see on all the videos and stuff. But uh, still, I was that was like heaven for me because there was a billion of them on this lake. It was a very big lake in down in Maryland. But uh, um, yeah, my local lake, I hear so many people talk about uh, flipping docks and uh, skipping under docks. And I just don't have the, anything to do. Uh, anywhere near like that. So uh, I'm looking forward to going places where I can really try that. But I do um, use the Senko to skip like a lot on the lakes I fish. There's a lot of uh, overhanging trees that are like mm. right along the water line, you know, yes. right at that height. So um, that's one thing that uh, I, I almost, you know, learned right off the bat was skipping up under those trees 
And I still can't do it with oh, the yeah. Baycaster to save my life, but I can. Oh do yeah, it. I can't either. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah. Give me a spinning rod, and I can I can get it oh, deep yeah. under there. But uh, I'm gonna backlash like crazy every time. Oh yeah, yeah, picture. yeah. I've been you know bass fishing for how many years? Uh, yeah, I cannot skip a single with a baitcaster to save my life. <laughs> uh, tr I've tried. I just no. I I can't. Give me give me a spinning reel any day, anytime, and I'll skip that thing like on a time <laughs> now and i also uh almost right off the bat i started using a weighted a weighted wacky rig hook um just i guess more for patience than anything mm, uh, mm -hmm. not a huge weight like a 16th maybe an eighth uh if i if i was using um like a uh a z-man sometimes since the z-man's a little more buoyant i would bump up to an eighth there but on like Yumdinger has been my my go-to for a long time because they're cheap and they yep. seem to last okay. And uh, so for those, I use like a 16th ounce weighted wacky weight or wacky hook. And I think the fall, I mean, it, I think that helps with the action because um, they don't have quite as much action as uh, Yamamoto Senko, I think. Um, but when you add that weight to it, I think it helps give it a little bit more action because mm -hmm. it's kind of getting pulled down. So, yeah, so um, if you guys aren't familiar and you're watching, so this is an example of a weighted uh, wacky hook. So it's got like the, the weight near the top of it. Mine has a weed guard on it, so that's what you see there. Um, and then compared to just a regular wacky hook. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. So yeah, those are the two differences if you are wondering. So yeah, I do I do find myself, you know, I'll switch back and forth uh, between uh, weighted and a non-weighted. Um, but in the summer, it's usually exclusively no weight. Just because like the fish, there's just something about that natural slow fall that just gets those fish to bite better than a weighted one. Right. And I think when they're when they're a little more shallow, it makes it easier, too, because you don't have to wait as long, you know. If, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> some of like the lake I fish um, where those overhanging trees are, it does get to be about five foot deep underneath there. It's not like real shallow. So um, it does take a while if you're just letting it slowly fall. Now, I've mm -hmm. absolutely done it that way uh, for <laughs> sure. And also for the uh, noobs, the real noobs that are listening, when we're talking about wacky rig, what we're saying is, usually put that hook right through the middle of the worm so that as it's falling, you're getting that shimmy action on both sides uh, of it. And it's just a real natural, like it's almost like waving as it's coming down. And mm -hmm. uh, yep, just like Susie's showing you there. So um, again, if you are a beginning angler and you're looking for something, anything that is going to get you bites, I can almost guarantee you that if you go out and throw a wacky rig Senko on your body of water, nine times out of 10, like I said, that's what I started with. And it really doesn't take anything other, like you let it, you kind of just cast it out. The main thing is uh, watching your line 
uh, you know, because yes. you really got to watch because um, it's going to be falling on semi-slack lines. So you got to kind of really be watching your line for little jumps or all of a sudden your line will just start going away and then you know uh, to set the hook. So I think that's one of the reasons why it, it is so easy for beginning anglers because it does it, the bait does everything for you. It, there's no action that you have to impart. It's more just, you know, paying attention and uh, watching for that tick or that bite, you know, and uh, I think that's, you know, really a great beginner bait. Uh, I, that's what I started my kids on then. Um, and it, it worked well, as long as they were keeping it out of the trees. Uh, <laughs> I uh, ended up starting to buy the 20 pack of Yumdingers because uh, they definitely were good at uh, decorating the trees. But, you know, I still joke <laughs> with my daughter about that. But um, I did my fair share, too, to be honest, when I first started. But uh, uh, like I said, been there. <laughs> they uh, they they picked it up quickly and um, it, it works for them, too. And like like we were saying, you can throw it on almost any rod. Uh, you know, it really works uh, well because you don't the rod doesn't really impart a lot of action onto it. So mm -hmm. um, it's not to say there's better rods for it. Uh, you know, as I got uh, better rods and more sensitive rods, you know, you start being able to feel the bite a little better, even if it's falling on that kind of semi-slack line you can still sometimes if your rod is sensitive enough still feel those bites and not just see them so yep exactly so yeah um i'm gonna go over a few little tricks of the trade as i like to say um you know especially for newcomers so you know uh for example you know let's say you're out on the water and you don't have a weighted um wacky hook you know you're like oh man how am i gonna add some weight to this thing without putting a bullet you know um above your hook so if you have any of these nail weights um you can very easily add some weight to your worm as well and if you're fishing it wacky style i will usually just you know kind of stick it in there right in the middle or another way that you can do it is uh you could actually fish it like a nico rig style so you'll still rig it wacky style and then you've got this kind of funny looking weight here there's no hook to it but it's got kind of a um let's see here. so as a keeper on it yep yes it's got a keeper on it and you'll just put it in the one end let's see if i can do this here come on and you've given the end of your Cinco some weight. So that way, when you're um, fishing it, you'll have your wacky hook in the middle still. Get it rigged up here. So then as it falls, it's going to be uh, top heavy on this part here. But you can kind of hop it along the bottom and the action of that with that tail fluttering like that is a totally different way of fishing a Cinco or as they call it, a Nico rig. Now they do make like Nico specific um, baits. They've got like a little bit fatter of like a end tail and whatnot, or sometimes both ends might be a little fat, but you can still make it work with just a regular Cinco as well. <clears throat> Yeah, so I, I think I even have some that actually have the weight already in them. I uh, I want to say it's like a called the forty eight. I forget. I, I picked it up somewhere off of like uh, uh, one of those discount tackle sites, and it oh, it's nice. I 
I forget who even makes it. And I, I have some up in the garage, but yeah, it actually has the weight already built in. Um, uh, Dan Perry is the first one I've talked to about that. And uh, he, he actually uses it more than he uses a wacky rig, you know, because oh, okay. um, he, he, he uh, you know, sang its praises and I still have yet to get the feel as much as I have for the wacky rig, but uh, I just can't, I, I still don't have a comfort level of what it's doing on the bottom when I'm kind of just working it along, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm, I still haven't quite, uh, you know, narrowed down that, the feel for that yet, but um, something I definitely want to, I think, you know, I just need to, you know, stick with it for a little bit. And just like it took me a while to get, you know, the, the wacky rig feel, I think, uh, you know, just need more time on the water with that one. Sure. You know, and, and that's the thing, you know, and even like a debate sometimes too, when it comes to the wacky is, you know, either the technique or the retrieve, you know, with me, when it comes to the wacky, like I'm either going to skip it for that initial like action per se. And then if they're not getting it, as soon as it's like done skipping and then sinking down to the bottom, like I'm not waiting around, like I'm going to keep doing that over and over again. And if that doesn't work, I'm going to kind of go to a different thing. I'm going to, you know, either pitch it or flip it into an area silently if you can. And then I'm going to let it sink, and but I'm not going to twitch it or anything. And then like once I know that it's at the bottom, then I'll either do one of two things. I'll either just bring it up really slowly and you'll feel it flutter in your line. And then I'll just let it sink back down again. And sometimes when it comes up and then it flutters back down, sometimes they'll come get it on that time. The other part of that, what I'll do too, is um, I'll let it, uh, I'll throw it out and then I'll let it sink. And then sometimes I'll do just like a, just a slight twitch, just not just like, not like a, you know, twitching type thing, but like, you know, even sometimes just a little crank of your reel We'll get it to just move just a little bit. And sometimes just that little bit of action will trigger a bite as well. It's it's so um, sometimes it can be really particular um, when it comes to yeah, what they want, what they want that day, you know, and it's all a matter of just, you know, figuring out what it was you did that got that first bite. And if the rest of the fish are looking for that same bite as well. Right, right. And um, this is also another bait uh, I bring with me. Uh, I do a week every summer as a camp counselor. And nice. the last couple of years, I've been taking all my fishing rods. Uh, initially, I never thought, you know, I thought, wow, maybe one or two kids would want to fish with me. Uh, the last couple of years have been amazing. Like every day, all my rods are used during option time. It's like I almost nice. don't get to fish much. But um, and the Senko is one of the things that I, I kind of tie on most because, again, I feel like it works. And usually what I tell them to do is I just tell them, cast it out as far as you can get it. Watch it until the line bellows out. You know, then, you know, you're on the bottom. Then you hop it up and then let it drop and, and do that the whole way back. And it just works. I mean, they just catch them. <laughs> um, now that lake is like totally unpressured because it's on the camp property and nobody oh, except nice. for campers can fish it. So it's, I love fishing there because <laughs> it's, it's almost not fair, but then there's huge bass there, but um, it, 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 they, it, they catch them on it. And it, so again, great technique and, and it really does work. Awesome. Um, now, one thing I've done there, particularly um, on one end of the lake, it is shallow and with some lily pads and stuff. And the one time I was Texas rigging and almost like jerking it like a jerk bait, like it, I could just, and I used a white worm. 
So mm -hmm. I could see it. I'd cast it out and I'd just pop it and it would go whoop. And then I'd pop it again and whoop. And then just wait for it to disappear. Then I knew as soon as it disappeared that a fish had it in its mouth. And then I'd whoop. And then it was, again, almost like cheating. But um, I, it was really an interesting way to learn how that uh, Texas rig Senko moved. Um, mm -hmm. I don't, it's, I, I, I hesitate to say it's like a jerk bait, but it's really what it was because I was jerking it and it would just shoot and then kind of just kind of, it would make its own way through the water and then. Basically it, like a fluke. Yes. Yes. That's a good way to describe it. Yes. Yep. So yeah, that is actually a way that I will uh, fish a Cinco through lily pad sometimes is, you know, I'll skip it through there. And then if nothing's getting it through the skipping action, then I'll either like toss it like on a lily pad and then I'll just kind of like do quick like little jerk motions to kind of get it to dart yep. back and forth to give it that different action as well. And that's kind of exactly where I was throwing it there. It was right along like some edges where I didn't want to throw in the really super thick stuff, but I was throwing kind of right on the edge where I could still see it. And mm -hmm. it, it was just working great. So definitely a super versatile bait. And like I said, the, the Yumdingers are relatively cheap. The, the, the Sen or Yamamoto Senkos get a little pricier, but yeah. Um, but uh, like I have a bunch here. I, I mean, this, uh, and it's hard to tell the difference really. Now the action does look different. Um, I'm trying to think. This is this is a Yamamoto Senko. Mm -hmm. This is a Yumdinger. So again, you can see it's it's a little more floppy. And then this mm -hmm. is the our one of our show sponsors, the One Five Three Baits. Um, and theirs is very, very similar to a Senko. So, um, and and the Senko, I think, goes for like eight bucks a pack in my neck of the woods. The Yamamoto's, yeah, yeah. they're they can be pretty pipe pricey. Whereas Yumdingers are like two ninety nine. Yeah, and, they're cheap. <laughs> and I think the the one five three baits I got for almost the same price. So, mm -hmm. um, and they, you know, for the most part, you know, the you know, I think some of the the pros probably swear by the Yamamoto's, but. Uh, me being the kind of the cheaper, you know, not pro, um, mm -hmm. definitely I get kind of more bang for my buck, I think, from, you know, a 20-pack of Yum Dingers than I do for one pack of... Right. Yeah. yeah. And there's also something with, um, like, the type of sand or something that they use in the Yamamatos as well that make them, like, what they are. Um, this one is just, like, a, a Bass Pro, uh, like, Yumdinger in a sense, you know, I think they're a little bit more than a Yumdinger. Um, but I've actually been switching over to these just because it's like a sticko, I think is what yeah, sticko bait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and I've noticed that they'll last a little bit longer than a Yumdinger. Yumdingers, they they definitely do fall apart a lot easier. Um, but that's actually a good segue into my uh trick of the trade is um now, now, this takes a little bit of planning beforehand, um, and actually, I've only been able to find them on eBay, and I don't have any with me right now. But if you want to have your Cinco last a lot longer, go on eBay, look for clear shrink wrap. I'd have to look to see what size, and you can get like a really long roll of it, and then, you know, cut it into, you know, your little, you know, like... You know enough to cover you know a certain amount of the bait and then you'll need like uh one of the not like a regular lighter but like some of the ones that like have like a um what's the word um they have kind of like a, a flame to them they're like 
like a torch. Yeah. yeah, like a torch almost. Yeah, yeah, kind of like a torch. And um, what you'll do is when you're getting ready to throw it, you'll slide that sleeve right over the middle of your bait. Let it shrink around the bait. That bait will last you almost all day. I was shocked at that trick. I was like, huh, huh this so is I've done the, uh, I've done the O-ring thing, but I've mm-hmm. never... Uh, and then they sell like I, they call it the wacky rig saddle where it is almost. Oh like yes. A, um, but but um, you know, and I I actually with the umdingers never really used the O ring much because I'm like ah these are cheap enough I don't mind <laughs> lose them right. occasionally pass. But if you're throwing Yamamoto's, I would see where using mm-hmm. that tubing, the heat shrink, or you know you know something else that's going to keep it on there. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history, designed by John Browning. The 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. It's definitely uh, the way to go there. That's a good tip. Yeah, it just it seemed like the just the way that the the heat shrink would just like shrink and wrap its way around the bait. It was less prone to like falling apart in a sense. I mean, you're still going to tear it eventually if you're getting, you know, lots of hits and everything on it, but like it made it last for a long time. I was pretty shocked about that. I was like, "Huh, this is a really good trick of the trade." Now, if, you know, I could just remember to take all of those things with me because, you know, finding a little torch lighter <laughs> sometimes is an easy thing to do either. And then you're like, well, I forgot everything, so I can't use that today. I was <laughs> so. going to say, and that might, is that, so, I've, that might be something I would try and pre-rig too. Like, you know, yeah. at least throw a bunch of them, maybe a handful of them in, uh, you know, and, and do that before you hit the water. That way you don't yeah. have to mess around on the water too much. Now, you usually hook right through the tubing or... Yes. Yep. So yeah, you just, you, you slide the, the tubing through and then you heat shrink it. And then once it's shrunk on there, then you just rig your hook through and everything and you're ready to rock and roll. Nice. Nice. Cause I always heard about that with like the O-rings and stuff that mm-hmm. some people don't even go through the worm. They only go through the O-ring and then some people go just through the worm under the O-ring. Um, I heard about crisscrossing O-rings. <laughs> Like all sorts of different things. And I'm like, yes. holy cow. So. Yeah, uh, it just, you know, it just depends on, you know, your preference, really. You know, I've tried the crisscrossing method before. And I almost felt like that tore into the Cinco a lot quicker than just a regular O-ring on there. I mean, I don't know if that was just, you know, my experience alone or if there's any like solid truth to that. But um, I haven't been using O-rings nearly as much as what I used to. Um, You know, I've just been kind of just, you know, I'm quicker to it. And like, I'll have some of them rigged up, ready to go. But then like sometimes after a while, I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I'm just going to throw it. Yep. That's (laughs) that's how I end up more often. (laughs) It's like, I ain't got time for this. (laughs) (laughs) No, I noticed the um, the hooks you were holding up are like smaller. and like Jackson Orr is one person that I know that throws the wacky rig a lot. And he actually throws mm-hmm. it on slightly larger hooks than I would expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but I tended, I, in my experience, I've gone that, the, especially the weighted hook, the weighted hook you had is almost the, the exact one I use, I think. Yeah. Yep. Um, uh, for sure. So, uh, 
and I've had tons and tons of luck with that. And um, I've used a, a bunch of different. I should have had my uh, my uh, terminal tackle box down here, but uh, um, I've used a lot of different uh, sizes of wacky hooks, and um, I've had luck with a lot. I actually happened to get a giveaway or win a giveaway on Jackson's Facebook page. Oh, nice! Um, so I got a few of hit the bigger ones. And they really did work out well. Um, uh, I I just never went back to them after because after I used I I think I won two packs and after I burned through them I was like hey they work good but I still have all these other ones so I kind of went back to using the smaller ones but um, don't be afraid to jump that up a little bit you know especially if mm -hmm. you're not fishing around cover now I yes. I noticed I tend to get snagged up a little bit more with the bigger hooks when I was fishing around cover but really with the little ones I don't have that problem as much. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's just less there to, you know, kind of get snagged up. Like I've got, let's see here. Yeah. I've got a couple small ones here. So like, let's see if you guys can see it here. So yeah, that's my bigger size hook. And I'll put the other one right next to it. You can, yeah, I'm like backwards right now. I can't figure out my left or my right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the other ones, you know, a little bit smaller than that. And it's definitely like a uh, smaller gauge uh, metal as well um, between, you know, some of the different sizes. So I don't know if you guys can see that very well. Yeah, no. I, yep. And I, another thing I liked about the Senko is um, it really got, or uh, wacky rigging it, it really got me comfortable with casting right up next to something. I oh, purposely yeah. try to bounce it off stuff. Like if I see a, a stump sticking out of the water, I would try and hit that stump and then knowing that it's going to fall right down next to it. And you don't really have to worry. Now, if you're pulling up over stuff, sometimes it will get hung up. But as long as you're just hitting it and letting it drop right next to it, then a lot of it, it really doesn't get snagged that much. Even mm -hmm. if, you know, the, like the weighted hook you have has the, the you know guard on it but even the the open face hook i i tended not to get stuck a ton you know yeah again yeah it just depends you know the type of cover that you're fishing as well i get hung up all the time but that's because <laughs> i will skip a cinco into the reeds knowing that I'm going to catch the reeds 90% of the time. <laughs> but there is that 10% of the time where I catch a big fish. So it is worth it. <laughs> and and sometimes at first I was intimidated with the hook size and the big fish, but I can tell you my PB um, largemouth, which was 20 inches came on one of those tiny little hooks, just like oh, that. Nice. So um, it was, uh, I, I, there was a lay down that I just happened to, you know, I was kind of, I think I actually got snagged on something uh, on the bank and I was like, well, I'm already right up here against the bank. I'm just going to flip over to that uh, lay down that's right there and bam, like nailed it. So um, now luckily I didn't have to drag it too far. Um, that light hook might've, you know, had a problem if I had a, a longer struggle with it, but uh it, it really, you know, was no problem. And it, I tend to, you know, don't have a ton of fish jump or uh, come off with that hook. Nice. Uh, I, I feel like it, it keeps them on there good and, and it, you know, doesn't require a home run hook set, you know, in my opinion or my experience to, to really keep them pinned. As long as you don't give them slack, you should be good. Nice. 
The other uh, good benefit about uh, fishing with the Cinco is um, you've got a pretty high rate of uh, catching a lot of dead stick fish. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know what dead sticking is, is basically you throw a bait out there and you just, you don't even do anything with it. You're not watching your line. You're not retrieving or anything. And when you go to retrieve, hey, you've got a fish on the line. <laughs> yep. And then I, there's been so many times where I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm going to eat a sandwich. So I just yes. tuck it out <laughs> and put it in my rod holder and start eating my sandwich. And then all of a sudden my line's taken off. You know, it, yep. it is totally a do nothing. You know, if you dead stick, uh, dead stick it. I, I forget. I, I was fishing with a buddy of mine. We were having a really slow day. And uh, I was like, well, you know what? Uh Maybe we should just go back to the Senko. And so I started tying my, one of mine on and he's, um, he had like two rods and had one on it. He put his in the water and then started tying on something else. And it just grabbed it and ran right under his boat. <laughs> and he's like, Holy crap, I wasn't even doing anything. And yep. uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a great bait for that kind of thing too. If you, you know, you know, you're going to be like, if I get a phone call or something, I'll often just cast it and let it sit while I'm talking. Cause like you said, nine times out of 10, something will just come along and suck it up. And Yep, exactly. Yeah, if you're fishing a tournament and you're wanting to switch and you're just like, man, I'm going to lose some time changing out baits, throw out your wacky rig, just let it sink and just let it sit, you know, while you're doing all your other stuff because, hey, you're still technically fishy. So, yeah. <laughs> yep, and it, it, like I said, it's it's definitely um, – What's what kind of rod do you generally throw it on? I definitely have my favorite uh, rod, and I, I was curious what yours is. Uh, so, yeah, usually when I'm throwing the Cinco, at least wacky rig style, um, I'm throwing it on my spinning rod, and I actually use a really short rod for this one. Mine's a 6'9". I believe something like that. Yeah. It's like, it's pretty short. Um, well, at least, you know, shorter compared to, you know, your average, like seven foot rods. Um, but like, I just, I have so much better control of it. Um, and I only fish it on just like a, I think like a medium light rod and then line, I think max I'll use 10, but most of the time I think I usually use eight. That sounds similar to my setup. Now I usually do braid to leader, um, just yes. so I feel oh, like yeah. I can cast a lot farther. Yeah. Um, and I, I use the high vis, high vis braid so that I can watch my line because a lot mm. of times you will see that jump. So I think it's important to be able to see your line if you can. And then yeah. I just use like uh, a rod and a half length of leader. So I keep the leader knot out of my reel mm -hmm. and uh, yep. that kind of covers me for the depths that I usually fish. Because it's you know you if you have seven foot plus of leader on there you're gonna uh, you're gonna be far enough away from the main line that the fish probably isn't gonna see it right yes so and then I I actually like um uh, like an extra fast tip on that and only because I like to feel like I said if I can feel that bite instead of just seeing it yes I feel like yep. I get a lot more and it also helps me to avoid snags so if I'm starting to pull up on something and I can feel it kind of rubbing then I know to you know go easy on it. So that's, uh, I think, and, uh, I have actually a St. Croix, uh, Mojo Bass. That's, uh, I forget what the length is, but it's a, uh, medium extra mm -hmm. fast tip. And yep. that's, that's my sinker rod. Cause it, I feel like it allows me to feel everything and, uh, mm -hmm. really, really get a good feel on it. So definitely. Yeah. I think my, I've got a St. Croix mm -hmm. Avid, Wait, what is my 
short one. What is that one? Um, golly, you know, I can't, or yeah, I think it's the Avid X. Okay. Uh, yeah, spinning reel. I've got two of them that are the same length that I can never remember what that other one is. It's a green one. That's all I've, I've had it for like 10 years and I keep forgetting <laughs> what the darn thing is, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, I have, um, I've got like a, a lighter Fluger on one of them. And then, um, I just got a, uh, a Daiwa, um, is it the Fuego? I think that's right. Yeah. I Daiwa, yeah. Fuego, um, which I really like. Um, so those are usually my, uh, my two go-tos when I'm, um, uh, uh, doing my spinning reels. Now, when I Texas rig with a Cinco, um, I will actually use my bait caster for that one just because, you know, I've got enough, enough of like a weight to it. Sometimes like I'll fish with a weight on there mm -hmm. or I'll add like maybe like a um, like a nail weight to it or whatnot. But usually I have better control uh, using a bait caster when I'm Texas rigging it. That was interesting when I talked to uh, Fluke Master, Gene, Gene Jensen, when I mentioned about using a Texas rig without a weight, he's like, that's not Texas rig. <laughs> <laughs> he was very particular and very, very made it matter of fact that he doesn't consider that to be the same thing. I'm like, okay, interesting. All right, all right well, but it, is. It, it kind of to me, Texas rig is you know the way the work the hook is in the worm, but um, mm -hmm. for some reason, I I'm not wasn't sure what he what he didn't like about that, but <laughs> it was almost like ah, don't don't bring that up. But I was like, okay, okay. Eh, well, you know, potato, potato. <laughs> right, right, right. I'm, I'm not going to argue with him because he has caught way right. more fish than I have. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, uh, any other, uh, anything else you want to add on the Senko? I mean, I, I super, I highly encourage anybody who's just getting started to give that a try because that is about as easy as it gets. Like I said, uh, um, I don't know of anything that I would recommend above that just because... This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. That is yep. what, that's what got me hooked when I started mm -hmm. doing that. I mean, I spent quite a while messing around with other stuff and then I, somebody happened to mention that to me. Oh, why don't you just try this? And then almost the first time out, I, I had success with it and then, Oh man, that was all I threw for a long time because uh, I was like, well, it worked and it just kept catching me fish. So, um, it definitely works and it's easy and, um, you know, uh, I can't say enough about it. Good about it. Definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, another thing with the, uh, the wacky rigs is, uh, the spring, um, 
uh, spring screw lock. There we go. Screw lock. Yeah, yeah. Yes, on uh, on the hooks is uh, definitely you know um, a thing to consider. Um, just because, you know, I think it holds the bait on there a little bit better than just your, you know, your typical going through or whatever. There's more like stuff that's like hanging onto your bait. I like to use the bigger size uh, screw locks on here just because, again, it's more uh, like metal that's grabbing onto that bait, which is, you know, going to have le the lesser amount of chance for it to either slip off or slide off or that type of thing. Um, now you said that's for a Texas rig? Yeah, Texas oh, okay, rig. Okay, okay. I thought you said wacky rig at first. Oh, I'm, I'm like, sorry. Yeah, I might have accidentally <laughs> said wacky rig. I was like, rig. that one I definitely haven't heard. I was like, <laughs> wow, how's that work? Yeah, so yeah, you just uh, screw the one end on. And then you just take it. Come on. There we go. And then you just tuck in the tip of the hook. And there you go. You got a nice Texas rigged, Texas rigged Cinco. Definitely, definitely. And um, I, I actually started buying those screw locks on like eBay and uh, AliExpress because you can get a crap ton of oh, them. Oh, yeah. They're for, super cheap. Yeah. Right, right. And so I just have like a bag of like 200 in my <laughs> back of box that... You know, I'm never going to probably use all those, but, uh, you know, it, it does make it nice. Uh, same for swim baits, too. Mm -hmm. uh, like you said, uh, it really holds them well. Um, and you're not constantly, every time you, when you reel in, you're not constantly readjusting your bait. It just stays where it's supposed to. So, Yep, exactly. Now, one thing it doesn't work super great on is uh, um, Z-Man baits. Uh, yeah, Z-Man, yeah, that that material is just, it's odd. <laughs> yes, it, for whatever reason, it, it screw locks and Z-Man don't mix. Um, if you if you do have a Z-Man, you're better along, better with the, any kind of keeper where it's the kind of push on and, you know, slide past. Yeah, but uh, yeah. if you're, if it's regular material, you know, it really does help keep it in place and keep you from having to readjust, readjust it all the time. So. Yep. Exactly. Good deal. Good deal. Awesome, Susie. Well, uh, we're past our hour mark. So oh. I, you know, we are doing really well. Um, uh, tons of great information. Um, so I guess we can probably start wrapping it up. I wanted to give you a chance. Um, when can we expect the outdoor woman show to come back? I know uh, it's, it's super popular and you know, I love hearing all the ladies that come on your show. I mean, it, I, I kind of want to snag as many of them as I can. <laughs> right. They're... Yeah. You know, I've actually had uh, some people ask me about that too. You know, I did want to get it started back up in October, but uh, just some things haven't worked out, um, you know, personally or whatnot. But, uh, and I know the podcast is going to be taking its, um, Christmas break here soon. Uh, <laughs> I'm not so looking forward you... to that. I promise. <laughs> Right. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm hoping to, you know, get back on track and, uh, you know, get started. And um, I think I'm going to start off doing maybe like once a month type thing starting in January. Um, but then like, you know, once the season gets going and everything, then I'm hoping to do like an every other week type of thing. So, yeah, yeah that's the nice thing about the amount of guests that we have now is it really does give you a little bit of uh, kind of 
uh, options for how often you you can make it on. Mm -hmm. So um, as we as paddle and fin grows more and more, that's one of the added benefits. Um, you know, uh, in addition to just having you know so much more content. I mean, with the mindset and the the bass thumbs fishing now uh, uh, off the waters and doo doo stuff. I mean, it's just there. We we've, we're covering so many more things now. Um, and Brad Pearl Boss's uh, fur and feathers. So mm -hmm. it's just uh, it's it's awesome to see how we've grown. But um, it also takes a little weight off us because you know we don't have to have uh quite the number of content that we might have had to in the past so right yep exactly <laughs> well cool i um i look forward to that um i do miss hearing you and uh and the outdoor Island show but um uh, i know you've been doing a ton of stuff behind the scenes with uh with the uh oh uh the trail series <laughs> yes the trail series yes mm -hmm. you were a big player behind that and so thanks for all your work you put into that um, how about uh, sponsors and stuff? Do you want to give a shout out to um, anybody? Uh, yeah, most definitely. Um, so uh, Quest Water Sports out of Ottawa, Illinois. They are my uh, Hobie dealer. Uh, Bassett Bates, uh, the maker of my uh, very special uh, swim jigs that I've been showing you guys. Um, catch products. Uh, Gosh, I'm probably going to see There's been some awesome videos with Catch, oh, by the way. I know. I know, right? I'm super jealous. It's just like, I mean, I was glad I got the salmon video, but I'm like, I want to do more. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see here. So you have Catch Products, uh, Kistler Rods. Um, mm, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. <laughs> it's been a while since I've done a done a plug on uh sponsors but uh yeah i'm probably for uh yeah she angler custom baits uh miss male isaac uh you know she does an awesome job uh custom painting anything you know jerk baits crank baits even replicas like it looks like it's real so yeah if you're wanting to do like a replica type thing hit her up um and i think that's I think that's the majority. I mean, of course, you know, Paddle and Finn as well. Uh, Dakota, <laughs> Dakota oh. Lithium. That's right. I forgot about that. I knew I was forgetting one. So. <laughs> cool. Well, um, thank you again so much for coming on. You're welcome. Uh, I love having you back as always. Uh, happy to have the queen back on and gracing <laughs> us with her knowledge. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Always and a pleasure. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks again for tuning in to the Bass Fishing for Noobs segment, This, um, where we bring you the techniques, the tricks, and the tips to help you rip more lips. Have a good night, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Fin. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Fin. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Fin on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button, and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com. 
life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'm old there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. One of the most legendary shows in the outdoors is on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Primo's Truth About Hunting, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.